This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Now, this morning I want to tell you a little bit of a story about me growing up. I live next door to my auntie and uncle and my three cousins and my grandparents when I was growing up, which I loved. I loved having them around. And my cousin Alison could play the piano, and she played really, really nicely. And I remember I was probably about five or six, so my head was kind of the eye level to the piano. I was short then, still short. Um, <laughs> and so I'd watch her play Baby Elephant Walk. Does anyone know that one? Yeah. yeah, I'd love watching her play that. I thought she was brilliant. Another person who I think thought she was brilliant was my grandma, who we all called Nanny. She loved her playing as well. I noticed her sitting there, she'd watch her play and she'd get this little smile on her face and just enjoy Alison's playing. And then occasionally I'd notice her standing outside the window listening to Alison play, waiting for her to finish a song so that she could clap once the song was over. And so that was something that I noticed. Now, when I was 12, I started to have lessons on the piano myself. And so I would sit and I would play and I noticed something very interesting and that was that my grandma didn't do the same things for me that I had noticed her do for Alison. Oh, everyone say, oh. (laughs) So I would be playing the piano and she would come and she had this unusually long doorbell ring that she would do at our house where she'd press it and just hold it for a long time. And then she would do that while I was playing the piano. She doesn't do that for my cousin, I don't think. And then... She would talk to my mum, and I don't ever remember her telling me that I played nicely. Everyone say, oh, again. Aww. It's very sad. She was a great bass player. Thanks, Dora. <laughs> anyway, so I didn't remember those things. And as a 12-year-old and then 13-year-old and 14-year-old, it actually impacted me a lot more than I thought it did. Because, and it impacted me because she was my grandma. I loved her. And she was wonderful. She was a great lady who was very supportive and encouraging in lots of ways. But this one, not so much. So it made me feel like I was not good enough on the piano. And as a result of that, I tried to play when other people couldn't hear me. I also tried to not make mistakes because I thought maybe if I play without mistakes, then she'll say, what a good job I'm doing. I just have to get better. That must be what it is. But I don't remember that happening. What I do remember is that when I was about 17, I then got asked to play at a church concert. So my mum played the piano, and she used to play for two of my friends, for their dad and for their mum, to play and sing together. So they thought it would be a bit fun to have the junior version of that. So they asked if I could play the piano. Now, if I didn't play, it didn't go ahead. And so I said yes, but was terrified about playing the piano in front of other people because I was worried I would let them down because I wasn't good enough to play at a concert. And then Nathan asked me to join the worship team when I was in my late teens, early 20s. And I said yes. I don't know why. I said yes. He's very persuasive. And um, so I said yes to that. And... I started to go to practices and I would sit there and play and Nathan would say, just do whatever it was he asked me to do and I'd be like, I don't know how to do that. And he would say, it's easy, you learned the piano. And I'd be like, I don't don't know how to do it. And so then 
that would make me stressed because then I really wasn't good enough to play the piano. And so then I would end up in tears and worship practice was not very fun. Throw things at Nathan, this is your chance. So, he's a bully. Anyway, he always looked after me after. Anyway, then, oh, oh dear. So, anyway, after we got married, I would still be really nervous about playing the piano. I'm just going to keep on talking. So, I would still be really nervous about playing the piano around Nathan. I thought, he's going to hear that I'm actually not very good. And so then that really worried me as well. But he always said nice things to me. He always said that I played nicely. He always said things that were encouraging. The problem was I didn't really believe him. So because I had lived thinking I was not good enough, I'd believed what was a lie, that I was not good enough on the piano. And as a result, I didn't hear when Nathan said that I played well. When I finished my piano lessons, I received a book from my piano teacher, and inside it said, thank you for being such a gifted and dedicated piano student. I figured she wrote that to everybody. Now, I believed a lie, that I wasn't good enough, and that I needed to get people's approval, and then I'd be good enough on the piano. What are some of the other lies that we believe? I want you to have a think about it. And I want you to turn to someone if you feel comfortable doing that. Have a quick talk about what lies maybe that you believe or you know other people believe. And then we're going to have a chance for you to shout them out and let me know. So talk to someone. Talk about the lies that we believe. I'll give you a few more, give you a few more seconds and then we'll share those lies. Okay, who has some they would love to share with everyone else? Tell me one. Who has one they want to tell us? Not deserving. Not deserving. Jackie? You're going to fail. You're going to fail. What else? There's heaps. Or, sorry, Con? You're ugly? You're me. Wow, you share one story and people just think they can say whatever they want. Any others? You're all very quiet. <laughs> this is going downhill very quickly. So we're going to keep going. Nathan, Nathan, Nathan. So some other lies I thought of that we sometimes believe. I'm not good enough. I can't change. I've always been like this. I can't change. I can't whatever it is that you can't do. Lots of times I hear people say, I can't get up the front and share that stuff testimony, that story of what God's doing. I can't, or I'm a fill in the blank, I'm a something person, I'm a boring person, I'm a quiet person, I'm an angry person, fill it in. I have to do something so that I'm accepted. Could be I have to dress a certain way, I have to get a better job, I have to, I don't know, fill in the blank with something that you have to do to be accepted. When I'm stressed, I need to something to relax. When I'm stressed, I need to have a glass of wine. When I'm stressed, I need to eat some chocolate. When I'm stressed, I need to, again, fill in the blanks. What do you do so that you relax? I'm alone in life. I, I've not, ooh, 
I'm done too much. That's terrible, Grant. I've done too much bad stuff to be forgiven. Some more. Go back. I've done too much bad stuff to be forgiven. Nathan likes that one. He's thinking about the piano comments. (laughs) There's no hope. My past determines my future. Because this happened in my past, this is my future. God isn't good. God doesn't love me. I don't deserve to be loved. People can't, depend, people can't be depended on. I have to be in control. I can't forgive that person for whatever it is they did. It's all too hard. So, they're just some of the lies that we believe. There are so many. I had to condense it into those. Perhaps while we're going through those, there are some that maybe stood out that you recognize that you believe, or perhaps you know people who believe those lies. And the question we have to ask is, where do those lies come from? And most of the time we would say they come from family members. They come from teachers. They come from friends. They come from the media. They come from books we read, they come from TV shows, they come from our boss, they come from our own thinking. That's where we would say they come from. But what does the Bible say? In John 8, 44, Jesus was talking to a group of people and he said, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when we lie, we are speaking out the lies that basically, the father of lies, all lies originate from Satan. We are speaking out his words and what he wants us to believe. And why does he want us to believe that? John John chapter 10 verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So Satan has come to do these things in our life. He wants us. To have our, he wants our relationship with Jesus stolen. He wants to steal that from us. He wants to kill our joy, our peace, our hope, and every other good thing that God offers us. He wants to destroy us, our views of ourself, our relationships, our ability to trust God, to do all the things that God says he will do. Now, if Satan is the one who lies to us, where do we go for the truth? And the answer is typical church answer is Jesus and Jesus said this himself John 14 verse 6 Jesus answered I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me now ultimately the way that we have a relationship with God is through Jesus but this is also a bigger thing that we need to understand that Jesus is the truth everything we need to know about ourselves and how we look at life we need to go to Jesus for that and what happens when we believe the truth? Jesus said in John 8, 31 to 32, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That is why we need to believe the truth. Because when we do, the lies that have trapped us, and the life and the sin that has trapped us, is gone, and we're free to live for Jesus. And what's the result of doing this? John 10, verse 10. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's Jesus talking. When we believe his truth and we follow him, 
He gives us life to the full. But sadly, that's not the reality for us most of the time, I don't think. Because we've believed lies for so long that sometimes we don't even realise that we're believing a lie. And when we do that, it acts as a filter, a bit like this, for our life. So we hear what someone says, or we see a situation, we filter it through the lies that we think are true for us, and then we hear something different out the other side. We can do what I did, we can ignore the things that people say that are true, or we can assume they're lying, or we can do... We can change it slightly to make it fit with what we think is right. But either way, what we believe, the lies that we take on, change how, we have our, how our reality looks. And that's why it's so important to deal with these lies. Now, I want you to have a think about Peter in the Bible just for a second. So Peter is with Jesus. Oh, he's in a boat. Jesus is walking on water. And Peter says to Jesus, I want to walk on water. Call me out of the boat if it's really you. So he steps out of the boat and he starts walking on the water. And what happens? When he sees the wind and the waves, he starts to sink. What's happened to Peter? He started to believe a lie. These things are more powerful than Jesus. I'm in danger because this is the reality. The wind and the waves are strong. He's seen it all before. And stops thinking that Jesus is as trustworthy as he thought he was. And so he starts to sink. But that wasn't true, of course, because Jesus was able to pick Peter back up and tell the wind and the waves to calm down because Jesus was much more powerful than that. Sometimes in our life it can be the same. Sometimes in life we don't step out and live how God wants us to or do the things that God wants because of the lies that we've believed. We forget that God is more powerful. We forget the things that Jesus has done for us, and so we see ourselves the wrong way, and so we don't step out. So believing lies not only keeps us bound up, but it also stops us from living out what God wants for us. Now, sometimes this happens to me, but before I get into that, let me say, I think there's two different kinds of lies. They're all lies, but two different kinds, so bear with me for a second. Uh, The first kind of lie, I think, is one that hits you suddenly. Out of nowhere, you get this thinking that really doesn't line up with what God says. And so you have these lies that come all of a sudden. For me, that happens a lot on a Sunday morning. So I'm standing down here. I know I need to get up and be part of the service and speak in the microphone. It happened while I was preparing for this message that I need to get up and speak and share what I believe God has told me to share. And what happens? I start to have all these negative thoughts. Who am I to get up and talk? Who am I to do that? If only people knew how much wrong stuff I've done. I don't deserve to be up here. And in that moment, I get to do two things. I can believe that and quit. Or I can say, what is true? And on Sunday mornings, it's so good. You've got the worship music on. You've got songs like, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. And I hear those words, and I listen to them, and I sing them, and I declare them as true for my life. And then I remember the things that I know from the Bible, that I am forgiven, that God doesn't hold my sin against me, that Jesus has died for me, and that he loves each person here, and that he will give me the words I need when I get up and speak. 
because he loves each person and he wants each person here to know that. So like I said, I can choose. Do I not get up and say what I believe is true or do I get up and trust that God said what God said is true is true for him and for me and for each one? They're the easier, I think, kinds of lies to deal with. I think the harder ones are the second kind of lie, which is like what I had with piano playing, the ones that have been there for a really long time, the ones that you have believed even since, a child, since being a child. And I think they're harder to deal with because they are so well ingrained in us that it's easy to think that that's what the truth is and to not hear what is really true according to what God says. And it's harder to break free from them. So last month I decided I would sit down and play the piano again. I hadn't played the piano for a few months. And as I sat down, I thought, I just feel like playing the piano today. So I sat down and started to play. And all my usual thinking came back. My, oh, I've made another mistake. Or, oh my goodness, someone will hear me. Or I'm not good enough at playing this. This doesn't sound very good. I live with an eighth grade piano player and my kids play the piano. It doesn't sound very good. I bet the neighbours don't like when I play. All those sorts of things. And I just had had enough of it, I think, that day. And I can't remember if I prayed or what happened, but my mind went back to what I had learned doing prayer ministry. So I was part of the prayer ministry team here at LifeGate for a while. And some of that deals with looking at the lies that we believe and then breaking free from those. And so I tried to remember, what was it I had to do? What was it that we did in prayer ministry to help people? And the first thing I remembered was that I need to forgive the person who's done, said something to me or treated me in a way that helps me believe a lie. So I thought, oh, I don't remember forgiving my grandma. So I decided that I would forgive my grandma for the things that she'd done that hurt me. So I prayed and I did that. And then I said sorry to God for holding an offence towards my grandma. And I think I really realised that I had done that because I love my grandma. She was wonderful, like I said. But for this particular area, there was an offence there. I also said sorry to God for believing the lie that I was not good enough and that I needed approval from other people. And I asked God to help me believe the truth of what he thought about me playing the piano. And then I prayed and asked God to remove anything from my life concerning this situation that was not from him. Things that didn't line up with what he said and asked him to help me be free to believe the truth so that I wasn't trapped by this anymore. And the result of doing that was that I actually enjoyed myself playing the piano that day. I made mistakes. People were around when I played, but it didn't stop me enjoying myself like it had before because I realised I don't have to get their approval and I can just play and enjoy myself and it doesn't matter what song I play, I can just play and be grateful to God that I can play at all and that I can be grateful for all that he's done for me. Now today, perhaps you've been sitting there and you can think of lies that you believe. You can think of lies that have held you back. And I think it's easy to find them sometimes where you can see, like I said, negative thinking or where you're not stepping out and trusting God. And if you are someone who has realised that you have been believing lies today, then I believe that God wants you to be able to set free from those lies. Like I had God move in my life and help me with my piano playing, he wants to do the same for you.
And it doesn't matter what the lie was. It doesn't matter how big it was. He can do that for you. So there are a couple of groups of people I want to pray for today. Now, the first group of people are people who recognize that they have been believing lies and would like to do something and say, God, I need you to break that lie. And the other group of people are the people who, if you had to stop and think about it, you are speaking those lies about other people. You are saying things that don't line up with what God says about someone and you're speaking that either to them or about them. And I want to help you with that today. But before we get into praying that, I think it's important that we stop and I say to you, if you're here today and you have never accepted that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, you've never come to him and decided that you want to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do that now. And perhaps you, maybe you made that commitment a long time ago, but it's been, you've been coming to church, but if you were honest, your relationship with Jesus isn't great at the moment, then I want to invite you, you can pray this prayer too. Now you can pray it out loud, some people will be praying it out loud, and you can pray it inside, it doesn't matter if you pray it in your mind, God can hear it and he knows your heart. So if that's you, just want to um, invite you to pray along with me. So everyone close your eyes, bow your heads, we'll pray. So just say after me, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for living life on my own. Please forgive me for all the things I've done wrong. Today, please give me a brand new start and a hope for my future. I want to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus for the rest of my life. Amen. If you just prayed that for the first time or again for the first time in a long time, I want to invite you to make sure you tell someone either that you came with to church or come and tell someone on the prayer team at the end. Just grab someone and tell them, I prayed that prayer so that they can pray with you and um, help you work through the days ahead and see what that looks like for you. Now for the first people who know they've been believing life, you're going to get very practical. And I've got a prayer up here on the board that I want to invite you to pray. And there's some yellow bits. They just mean you need to put in your own part of the prayer because everybody's story is different. And the prayer just says, Dear Heavenly Father, I choose to forgive. And then you name the person or people you need to forgive for and then for what it is they've done or said to you. Please forgive me for holding unforgiveness towards them. I'm sorry for believing the lie, whatever the lie is that you have believed. Please forgive me for believing this. Jesus, today I commit to believing your truth that, and then you put God's truth in. Now, if you get stuck there and you don't know what the truth is that God says, again, you can grab someone next to you and say, this is my story. Or at the end, come out to the prayer team and have someone help you work out what the truth is for your situation if you're stuck. Or ask God and say, God, what, what is true? What do I need to believe about this? And ask that and you're praying again, ask that you would heal my heart and give me a deep revelation of this truth in Jesus' name. So today, we're going to just spend a little bit of time where you can sit and you can pray this. And if you sit there and go, you know what, I'm good, no lies here. One, I guarantee there are. But two, if you don't know what they are today and you can't see them, then pray for the people who do. Pray for the people who are sitting here right now 
who are wanting to find freedom from those lies. Because this matters to God. And these people, each one of us who pray these things, then step out with greater confidence. We then step out able to do what God wants and we live in freedom. So let's be supportive of that and pray for those people if, like I said, you're not one of the people who are going to pray this prayer today. So I just want to give you some time to just pray this. I'll give you a few minutes and then I'm going to come up and pray for you if you prayed this. I just want to pray for you if you were one of those people that prayed that prayer. I'm going to get you to just put your hand up just so I know who I'm praying for. If you're not comfortable doing that again, it doesn't mean that this prayer is not for you. Thank you. Lord God, I thank you for each person today who has prayed and brought their lives and been believing to you, Lord, so that you can do a mighty work with your truth. And Lord, I just ask that you would bless them as they step out to trust you for the truth, Lord. And Jesus, I just ask that you would cut off from them any oppression or any unhealthy spiritual attachments from these lies, Lord God, that they will be free free to live the life that you've called them to, free to walk in the the full life that you've given. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now the other group of people... Oh, before I go on. So now that you've prayed that, it doesn't automatically mean those lies are going to be completely gone, finished. Because Satan, like I said, wants to steal, kill and destroy. So he will still try and bring those things back. But today... I want to encourage you that if you prayed that, to believe that God has dealt with that, that that is broken off, and all you have to do is to stand on what God says is true. So bring the truth. So say the truth of what God says whenever you have those thoughts. Write it up. Put it up somewhere you see it all the time. Ask a friend who's a Christian to help keep you accountable, to help, help keep you believing what is true about that circumstance so that you can continue to see the freedom in that. Now for the second group of people. Sometimes we can be hurt by others or sometimes we get frustrated with the way they choose to live. And sometimes we can say things just because we just do. Because we are people who do the wrong thing. And as people who follow Jesus, we're called to be people who speak God's truth to others. I know I haven't always done that, and it's not a good feeling. But there are things that we can do when we realize that we're not speaking what God says is true. But before that, I just want to share a verse from the Bible, which says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. So if today, if you are someone who has spoken those things, maybe you've spoken about someone and said, they're a bad person, or they're no good, or look what they did, or they'll never change, or things like that, that is not what God says is true. So we need to remember to keep that in our minds when we speak out. But when we do say something that we shouldn't, either to other people, to ourselves, or, or to the person, then there's some things we can do. The first thing is we should say sorry to God because we have spoken about one of his people, one of his creation, in a way that doesn't fit with what he says. Then we can go to the person and apologize to them. 
Don't do that if they don't know that you've said something bad. <laughs> Not a good idea. And the third thing you can do is to change your behaviour. And then from now on, to speak life and to speak God's truth from now on. So today, if that's you, I also have a prayer that I'm going to put up on the screen for you to pray, just to say sorry to God and to help you. We'll just read through it. So it says, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for speaking words about, again, name the person or the people that you've been speaking about that don't line, don't line up with what you say about them. Please forgive me and help me to speak your truth from now on. Please help me to see this person how you see them and to speak the words that line up with what you say about them. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, I'm just going to give you a little bit of time to do that if there's people that you know you've done that too as a first step towards changing how you speak about them and how you view them. Lord God, we thank you that you give us um, forgiveness for when we get it wrong, Lord. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to see ourselves and see other people how you see them. Lord, that our words that we speak about other people will be true from what you have said. That we will speak words that bring life to other people and to other situations, Lord. That you would give us eyes that see people how you see them. And that we'll remember, Lord, that you are a God who forgives, that you give us fresh starts and that we will see that other people can do the same, Lord. So, Lord, we just ask that you would help us to be people who are gracious and kind and that our words will always line up with what you say and help us to be quick to say sorry when they haven't been, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.